So I want to welcome you to our midweek service, our interactive Bible study. And I believe we are all here with our various Bibles, either the e-Bible or the hard copy version, because it's supposed to be a study. And um, you will recall that we have a curriculum that we are currently following, and we're going to stay with the syllabus, because if you have to grow methodically, you need to follow a sequence of teaching. It's important you establish that so that you don't have what we call malnutrition Christian. There are some believers, we call them kwashoko Christian. They know so much, but they do very little. You know kwashoko? Kwashoko is someone that has big head and big tummy. You know, and then they look, the doctors will look at the person and say, you are malnourished. Uh, this, the implication of that in the realm of the spirit is there are so many believers who know so much about the scripture, but they do very little about it. Bible calls them ever learning, but never come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible calls them the people that are puffed up with knowledge. Before you say one, they preempt you and they think they know what you want to say. So having knowledge is not an indication that you are a matured believer. It's what you do with the knowledge of the scripture that defines your maturity in faith. And so it's important that for us to grow in a very methodical way, and that's in a very enriched way, we need to follow a particular curriculum. We need to stay on a syllabus. We have a syllabus which is the Bible. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there is a sequence and it's a pattern in its flow. Trust me, there is no disconnect in anything in the scripture. Scripture lines up with scripture. The Bible calls it line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible is a fantastic syllabus. And so this evening, we are in the school of the Bible yet again, and your purpose is to learn. And in case you are wondering why do you need to learn, because there is no advantage whatsoever in being ignorant in life. The Bible made it very clear that there are some people that they will perish, not because they didn't give their life to Christ, but they will perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is a weapon that guarantees your victory in the adventure of life. So you cannot learn if you don't open yourself to learn. That's why you recall in Matthew 11, I believe, verse 28, in that verse he said, if you, have to, if you want me to get rid of your yoke and your burden, if you feel so weary and tired, if you feel so confused and so scattered, there is only one pathway to, for me to remove your burden. Learn from me. That's what he said in that 28. So a learning heart is like we say in business. He said, the more you learn, the more you increase your earning. The more you learn, the more you increase your learning. So if you have to grow spiritually, you need an habit to learn. You need a heart to want to learn. You know, he told the literature, the literature he said, leave them, let them learn. Learning is a culture we cultivate as we grow in the realm of the spirit. And that's what, by the special grace of God, we will do tonight and the next one hour. And my prayer is that the grace to be able to communicate effectively will be released upon my mind. And the grace to be able to um, speak with the articulation and the thoughts and the intents of God will reach you. And this is the good news because this is something I've also experienced. That sometimes when the preacher is preaching, because you are born again, the Holy Ghost is at work in you, the Holy Ghost starts to whisper something else that the preacher is not even saying. 
You know, it happens like that. Because this atmosphere is not a symposium. It's not a lecture theater. It's the Spirit of God teaching all men because the real author of the syllabus is the Holy Ghost himself. And he knows which area of your life that you need a specific knowledge. So I will teach broadly, but he will speak specifically to you. Are you with me this evening? So that is all about the experience and encounter being in the presence of God. And my prayer is that you will not come here as a waste in the name of Jesus. By the time you are living here, you would have fulfilled Psalm 63, I believe, verse 1, that says they are hungry and they are thirsty. And when they achieve it too, the glory of God was manifested. So to see glory, you need a dimension of hunger and thirst. The Lord would increase your thirst this evening in Jesus' name. Your appetite for God's word will be enhanced in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you believe you say it better, amen. All right. Uh, I want to say a big thank you, oh, of course, to the entire pastorate and the entire particularly the senior pastor, to have been able to voluntarily and divinely giving us this platform to be able to share with the most valuable asset in the hand of God. Um, you need to understand that platform is important. No matter what you know, if you don't have a platform to, to showcase what you know, you will live and die in oblivion. It's important. The Bible says nobody lights a light and put it under a bushel. There are many great destinies, many glorious lives. But the question is that most of them are under a bushel. And so they are denied visibility. And until there is a visibility, there is no recognition. And if there is no recognition, there is no reward. Are you with me here? So when someone offers you his platform, he has done you one of the best favor and grace. Can you please help me celebrate the senior pastor for such a great honor? And my prayer is that we will make the best of it this beautiful evening in Jesus' name. I would ask one more time that you appreciate the number of our, uh, our members who are currently online. Uh, I understand the dynamics and the complexity of moving around in Lagos. Uh, I don't want to excuse them, but sometimes our willpower is not on the same level of threshold. So I want you to please, in this service this evening, those of us that are present, can you please celebrate those that are watching online? Make them feel welcome. You know, God is going to reach out to them also in Jesus' name. Now, of course, above all is that you came in here, you paid the transport fee. I don't know how much it is. My wife came into church this evening, and for some very good reason, her car broke down in church. And I had to bring my own car, and now she has taken my car, and I have to find my way home myself. You know, this thing just happened. She came in with intention to, to worship, and the car broke down, and she had to leave. And of course, she was also not feeling too okay. Uh, and and she, 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 she meant well. She meant well to come. So if you came with your transport fee, you came with all the hordes, then I think indeed God should reward you specially. Someone is going on with a special reward this evening. If you're that person, can I hear me? Clap for yourself, celebrate yourself, kiss yourself, you know, kiss yourself, tell yourself, Pastor Collins, you are a good disciple. You know, make yourself love. You know, the good thing about our life, if you don't take care of this, this body first, nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to do it for you. Now, don't go extreme. I know some people are going the extra mile taking care of it, attaching everything. Everything is going on. I mean, a whole lot is going on. Jesus is Lord, but we are going to approach God originally. You know, I said this jokingly to someone. I said the way some people are adjusting their look. Some angels will not recognize them again. I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried the way some, particularly the ladies, the gender, the way they adjust everything on them these days, some angels would have passed by and said, I'm looking for Mary. He said, I'm Mary. You're not Mary. This wasn't the original copy. Something has been done here. Love yourself. Enjoy yourself. And I can assure you in the service tonight, you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. All right, let's go to the business of the day because we have a good ground to cover. And it's intended to be very interactive. And at some point, I would engage us. Um, but let me just give some sort of foundation or preambles to what we should expect. 
First and foremost, I'm going to introduce or sustain the curriculum, which is the subject of discipleship. Are you with me? I'm going to sustain that, and I'm, and I'm going to be able to give you good reason why we need to sustain it. Uh, it's not a very popular subject. It's not a very popular teaching because the number of people who are plagued with the issues of life, you know, who are plagued with the cares of life, the last thing they want to discuss is how to be a disciple. They want someone who's going to say, bring out your bottle of oil or bring out your handkerchief and then we prophesy over this thing because we live in an instant generation. When God is not instant, they don't have business with patience. You know, but God is saying that, look, uh, I am your savior. And there is no controversy about that. You need to understand that beyond me saving your soul, there is also a part of me that makes me your Lord. Are you with me? I am your savior. I have saved your soul. Jesus, the savior of the earth. But beyond me being seen as a savior, I am also a Lord. And in case you don't understand what Lord means, because we don't live in the age where they use Lord, we have what we call monarch system right now. So a couple of weeks, that, days back, particularly on Saturday, there was a coronation, am I correct, of a King Charles III, who became what? A king, the king of England. Are, we, are you with me here? Now, Jesus is saying, after being your savior, I am also a king. And if I'm going to be a king, that means I have a kingdom. Because there is no king without a kingdom. And if I have a kingdom, that means I have what we call heirs of the kingdom. I don't know if you follow me, please, saints of God. I presume I'm dealing with mature people here. He said, if I am a king, I have a kingdom. And if I have a kingdom, I have heirs to the kingdom. Who are heirs of kingdom? These are people that are next in line to the throne. Am I correct here? Now, you would observe, if you watch the coronation very well, you would observe that at some point, King, I mean, Prince, Har no, Prince Williams, at some point when the protocol of the entire location did not relate to King Charles, King Charles as a father, if you observe it, he was dressed up as the next heir in line. Stay with me, saints of God, because it's important that if we are going to achieve the maximum concept of divine inheritance, you should know that it will not happen at a certain level of your spiritual work. It will not, no matter how much you cry. And so Jesus is king, not longer your savior. He is king. And if he is king, he has a kingdom. And if he has a kingdom, he needs heirs of the kingdom, apparent heirs of the kingdom. They don't hand over kingdom to children. They hand over kingdom to who? Adults. Are you following me? So this evening, the teaching of disciple is to strategically position us in the place of our absolute authority. Growing up as a young believer, there's something we call the authority of a believer. So we will stay there. No matter how, how insipid, insipid we mean it is boring, no matter how, how uninteresting it sounds, trust me, God is tired of you being a child. He is tired. He is tired. And he cannot do, neither can he deliver to you more than the capacity of a child. So, but some of you are asking, you are making requests of an adult with the mind of a child. You are asking God to give you what is entitled only to adults, but you have the mind of a child. So we will define some of these things so that we can all understand our place. Now, so I have come to say that spiritual growth Spiritual growth is the essence of this curriculum. 
Our spiritual growth is the essence of this syllabus. Any believer who does not grow methodically will be malnourished. So in this church, you would agree that in this church we pray. Am I correct? No. Are you aware that on Monday morning when we pray, there is also another prayer meeting in this same church on Monday evening? Anybody aware of that? On Saturday we pray. We teach. This is one church where they, don't, they do not dilute the word. They do not infiltrate the word. They say it the way it is because the pastor is not living on the support of the congregation to remain sincere. He stays with God. And the way he has trained the associate pastor, I can't remember if I've had to visit any member for any need because the senior pastor will not do it. We stay on God's word. If God is not able to supply our need, let it remain undone. That is the integrity of this gospel. That is the integrity of this church. And so whatever we are teaching you, believe me, it's for your own good. So I start with my introduction. Spiritual growth is what guarantees our accomplishment in this kingdom. In this kingdom that we have a king called Lord Jesus, and you are the next heir in line, our spiritual growth is what guarantees our accomplishment. As we grow spiritually, we are able to accomplish more for God and have an enjoyable life on earth. As we grow spiritually, we are able to accomplish more for God. And so, for instance, I had a slight shift on my health some couple of weeks back, and then I started to pray. My prayer was not, was not, Lord, heal me. That was not my prayer. My prayer is, teach me what I need to know so that when I'm healed, this does not happen again. Have you read the scripture that says affliction will not rise the second time? That is not a promise. It's a statement that has process in it. You need to know how not to repeat affliction. The same way you need to know how to repeat success. Both of them are governed by the principles called laws. If you ever read a scripture it's in Isaiah chapter 8, I believe verse 18. Listen to me, saints of God. Isaiah 8, 18. You know, if you listen to me a lot, you will know that I, I use scriptures. So if you have a problem with scripture, you really have a problem listening to me. I can't say anything out of the Bible. The final authority is the word of God. Isaiah 8, 18 says, To the law and the testimonies, if they do not speak according to those two things, it's because there is no light in them. I, I wish multimedia would have been able to project. It's a Bible study. So I will quote some scriptures that you had never imagined existed, and it will stay in your mind forever. It becomes a weapon of warfare. The law is what determines the ability to repeat events. If you understand laws, laws are principles. In the Bible, you will see three things. Principles, prophecy, and the personality of God. Those are the things you will see when you open your Bible. Principles, prophecy, and the personality of God. Some will say principle, prophecy, and promises. But I will say principle is universal in nature. Principle is universal in application. The law of sowing and reaping is applicable to all, regardless of born again. Am I correct? It's a principle. The law of gravity is applicable to all. Is that correct? Principles is all in the Bible. So if you have to succeed, understand principles. Our spiritual growth is governed by principles also. And I said here, God does not need to grow spiritually. True or false? Does God need to grow spiritually? Grow from what to what? You are the one that needs to grow. Everything God created has the capacity for growth in it. Everything. Including your spiritual life. 
and the pathway to growth. When you give your life to Christ. When you ever read first, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12, what does it say? John 1 12, what does it say? Now I want to teach you the sequence of growth quickly. Establish that before I move into the subject of this evening. John 1 12, what does it say? Is there someone? Bishop, listen to this. This is the first step you take when you give your life to Christ. But as many that received him, hmm, to them he did what? To become what? To become what? Children. Children. Introduction. Children. How many of us started out as children with God? All of us. Are you still a child now? In fact, if you are still seen as a child now, we should be worried. Am I correct? Now, by the time you go to Romans 8, 14, it took you from children to another level. Romans 8, 14, help us. For as many as led by what? They are what? You know, there is a shift of maturity there. Am I correct? That is the sequence. Now, just in case you are wondering, what defines me as a child? First Corinthians chapter 13. Begin to itemize the behavior of a child. Are you with me here? First Corinthians 13. Are you there? You say in, from verse um, 11. First Corinthians 13. I'm sorry, multimedia. I would really push you. Look at what he said. This is the definition of a child. When I was what? So that it is normal to be a child at some point. But it is not normal to remain a child. When I was a child, I did what? Let us pause. Pastor Collins, how do, how do children speak? Let's have that little short, brief interaction. Because when it says, look like a child, we just gloss over it. What how do children speak? When you hear a child talk, we have children amongst us. How do they speak? Please help Minister Bright with me. Because I really sincerely want us to get some specifics here. When children speak, they don't care. They just request, make their demands. I like that. I like they, that. Don't, they don't care whether you're in traffic or anything. They just tell you, buy us. I, I love what you say. I love, the, I love one word you use there. They don't care. As an adult, we speak with discretion. Am I correct? So, when you see an, a supposed adult talking, I don't care. Instantly, you define this person and say, wisdom is not by age. It doesn't answer to gray hair. You can't afford to speak as a child and expect God to respond to you as an adult. This gross business is real business. It's important to you. It's important to God. We don't speak as a child. Another thing I think I don't like about children at the talk is the fact that their, their, their words are never clear. Uh, have you observed it? Children don't speak straight. I mean, if you want to meet an adult, they articulate their thoughts. Ask your neighbor, do you speak like a child? Do you speak like a child or you speak like an adult? He said they don't talk like one. Look at the next thing. Their thoughts. Their thoughts. There's a way a child thinks that an adult does not think that way. That will not permit us to begin to do a breakdown of the thinking pattern of a child. But I can tell you by the grace of God, I have three of them. And I knew when they were growing up how they think. For instance, let me show you an incident that happened. My little uh, boy saw iron. You know iron? Hot iron. I, I, I was just trying to process what went through his mind. That he should go and touch it. Now, of all the parts to touch, 
Why didn't he touch the handle? He touched it. But you know the good news about it? He never touched iron again for the rest of, the, of his growth. What happened there? Something must have propelled his thinking to say, ah, that, that thing looks like the toy my, my daddy bought for me. Iron? Toy? Now, funny as it sounds, a lot of us deal with God like that. A lot of God relates with God like that. Now, listen to this funny thing. People will go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It is the worst part of the day when they are tired and fatigued. That is when they want to pray. You are a child. You are. When you know you are, bodily speaking, you are already tired. That is when you bring up the idea of, Lord, I want to pray. And then you now wonder why when you are praying, you slept off. Because you gave God the rubbish part of your strength. And that's how children behave. Their thoughts, what's the last thing you observe there? There are three things he mentioned though. The way they speak, the way they understand. The way they understand. You correct a child, but have you seen a child that you are trying to take sweets from? Because he has taken close about five sweets. And you know in your mind that if you continue eating these sweets, it will create a problem. And you say, no, 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 don't eat it, don't eat it, bring it. What does the child do? He starts to cry. Do you know how many things you are asking God to give you that God knows that if he give it to you with that, he has to held it down. You are thinking like a child. You don't understand God. So we say that that's a child. Then if you read that Romans 8, he said, move away from being a child. It's time to be what? A son. We're talking about growth pattern. And then when you move away from being a son, you become a full-blown man. You would observe that when God created the first man, he skipped all this process. Adam was neither a child, Adam was neither a son. Adam was what? A full-blown man. Which explains why he could call the lion. Come, your name shall be lion. Until you are the full-blown man, you don't take authority as men does. Now listen to the definition of a man here. Can we have that lovely scripture Pastor Collins shared with us while he was taking this same curriculum, this syllabus, this class, on discipleship. Can we have it in that Luke? Give me Luke 14. Luke 14, 24 to 35. It's a stretch of reading. You know, it's Bible study. I can, I can take a bet that some of us who claim to be spiritual adults here, you have not read two chapters of the Bible today. I can take a bet. You have not read two chapters of the Bible today. Am I correct? Okay, so let's take a little census. If you have read two chapters today, can I see your hand up? It's, I can't ask this question on Sunday morning. But anybody read two chapters of the Bible today? So let us, Pastor Collins, stay with me here. How many of us have read close to 10 WhatsApp messages today? Eh? Ten WhatsApp messages you have read today. WhatsApp, WhatsApp. Eh? We are discussing spiritual growth. Uh, Minister Akbar, you will bear with me. Let me throw a little, let me shed more light on the need to grow here. T let me take you back to first, Ezekiel 47. Minister Akbar, I'm so sorry. I'm really going to travel you around the scriptures. 
Ezekiel 47. I just want to show you something there about goods. Please bear with me. Ezekiel 47. Thank you very much. And you are going to give me verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5. So let us start with verse 3. And when the man went, uh, went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through waters. The water came where? Up to where? Where? Which part of the body is the hankle? Here. Am I correct here? That means they started out, it, it entered, they entered the water. Is this not ankle? Ankle is here. Ankle is here. Am I correct? So when they entered the water, the water came to their ankle here. And it appeared very safe. And I can tell you that little boy with mask on his face can enter that same water. Take me to verse 4. And let's see sequence of roots. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to where? Where is me? Here. At this point, some children will not be able to go further. Am I correct, saints of God? Take me to verse 5. Again, he measured 1,000. And it was what? A river that I could not what? For the water was too deep. Water in which one must what? Swim. This is the destination of a spiritual good. My prayers that God will take us there. That's my prayer. That's where I'm believing God to get to. Where I am just in the realm of the spirit. Has anybody seated here this evening read a book called God's General? Anybody in this room? Can I see your hand up? God's general. Oh God, baptize us afresh with power. So that all this English we speak, the lame walks into our auditorium, they walk back. It is when you get to this point. You are broke and busted. It's an indication of demons around you. Judas took the post. Judas, he took the treasury. He ran away. We didn't see him. The day they came to meet and embarrass the master. He said, pay your tax. You know, Judas was not around that day. You remember the story, Pastor Collins? Judas was not around the day they came to ask him to pay tax. But this was man. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. All he needed to say is, go to the river. Catch the first fish. Ladies and gentlemen, supernatural still exists. Where all of us are just at the ankle. Ankle? Some few pastors are here and they are bragging, jumping. How did, what, how did money get to the mouth of a fish? The supernatural is real. But it takes an overwhelming presence of God over your life. I am hunger. I am thirsty for the glory of God. You are too human. I, you know, there's a scripture that, that when I read it, I'm close to tears. It's in Psalm 84, verse 6. He said, I say, I hear God's. But you die like mere men. Your spiritual growth is critical for your relevance with God. Let me show you something again to help you understand why you need to grow. Second um, Ephesians chapter, um, Second Corinthians chapter three eighteen. Minister, please, I'll keep apologizing because it's a Bible study, and we need to be fed. Look at what he said here. This is the prayer point of many people. I see them on every morning. Lord, give me your glory. Let me go. But we all, with unveiled face. Beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. The glory of who? The Lord. And I be what? Transformed into what? The same image from where? 
the glory of today, you have glory tomorrow, is simply saying grow in glory. Grow in what? Glory. Finally, I'll give you a last scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. I've just established why you need to grow in the realm of the spirit. You need to grow. You can't read two chapters a day. I read the story of him, and I did it. I didn't even read the story. I get angry sometimes in a day. I know what I, what I used to punish myself. I will read 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy before breakfast. Eh, Steve, Osu, Ojini 6.30. And I will punish myself by reading what? 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy as punishment for myself. While somebody starts a whole day, he said two chapters he has not read. How do we, at this level, do you think, you, when do you think you will catch up? Already you gave that, you gave your life to Christ very late. And now your growth is also stunted. When will you get there? That we should no longer be what? That is the consequence of being a child. Those tore and fro and carried about with every wind of what? Doctrine. Miracle is here. Yeah, you are there. They said the miracle is here. Yeah, you are there. See, one day you meet a man that tells you, bring your head, let me lay hands on you. I see it a lot on Facebook. I see all sorts happening to children. Look at it. By the trickery men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plots, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow. Did you see we may grow there? We may grow in all things unto him who is the head of Christ. You cannot delegate your spiritual growth. It's your responsibility if you don't want to be a crisis or disaster in life. So, the path of growth, let's now go back to that Matthew. But before we do Matthew, hmm, I don't know if I should play a video for you. There's a video in my head that I want to play. But let us read Matthew. Sorry, did I say Luke? When Pastor Collins ministered this, I was not in church. You know, I read it. I heard it and I was saying, my God, my God, my God. Um, Luke 14, 24 to 35. Are you there now? Thank you. Now, Minister Okwe, sorry again. Again, I'm going to apologize. The title of today's message. Can I have the slide? The disciple's life is sold out life. Look at the scripture there. Look at, look at that scripture there. Can we read it together in concert? That is the summary of the life of a disciple. The next phase after being a son, a disciple. The opening scripture in Luke chapter 14, Jesus asked a question. So let me ask us that same question. How many of us want to be a disciple of Jesus? Be honest. Because the requirement is Galatians 2.20. The requirement to become a disciple is Galatians 2.20. says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live. Do you know what that literally means? You are dead in Christ. When someone is dead, trust me, nothing moves the human being again. If you insult a dead man, you are wasting your time. Everything about his life is 
Christ. Christ, how do you feel this morning? Am I pleasing you? The song we were raised up with in my faith was a song called, I surrender all. I surrender all. Unto thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Nothing matters whether there is food or no food. It doesn't move anyone. We live in a generation where the cares of this world is battling space with the attention of God. When there, we don't know what to wear on Sunday, you don't come to church. Ah, you are not dead in Christ. You are not. You're not. So, by the time we are reading the whole of Luke, I am not the author of Luke. Someone looked at you somehow in church and because of that you will not come. You are too alive to follow God. He said when a grain of seed stays alone, abides alone, it remains that way until it is buried. Some of us are dead. You know that? I remember way back in my final year. Man of God, I'm sure you must have experienced this. A young sister walked up to me. You know the question he asked, she asked me? Very pretty young sister for those of us that lived on campus. He said, Pastor C. Anyway, I've been a pastor away from campus. He said, don't you see fine girls at all? I said, how can a dead man see? A dead man does not see anything. A dead man, if I see a dead man, the naked dead man is not even aware. What you see that gets you sensual to a dead man is just what So I can bet it, God knows my life. If you like, pump you up everywhere, pump everywhere. I am worried for you if you think it's affecting me. We have been dead to him. Nevertheless, the life we live is Christ. Whether there is food or not. So let me show you a video. Then I will play this. Can we have that video? Can it work? I want to show you. You know, in the disciples' tra train of Jesus. Follow me, saints of God. Don't lose me on this one. It's important. There are two James on the train of Jesus' disciples. Two James. One James was the brother of who? John. The other James was who? The brother of Jesus himself. There was one James that was killed in Acts Apostles chapter 12 when they took Peter. You know, after killing that James, they now took Peter. So say, since we were able to kill this James and the church did not do anything about it, let us kill Peter also. But fortunately, the church came, al <laughs> they came alive. I said, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And they called God and God sent, sent angel. That means if they had done the same thing for James, James would have been alive. That James that was killed is this James. What, the, what they didn't tell you in the Bible is that that James that was referred to, which was the brother of John, was a James that was limping as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Watch what happened to him. The day Jesus commissioned them to go and, give, to go and uh, um, do evangelism. Can I have it? Can I have this light up? Anybody just help me. Follow it. It's six minutes. It's going to be over in six minutes. That will make it 7-Eleven. Can we have Patiently follow it. And then when you are done, ask yourself, ha, why is my life with you, oh God, about to give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Your life is about interaction. Can we? Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am. Forgive me, I am a... Not always confident to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. 
ask you a question, please? You're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition. Which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Uh, yes, uh, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't hear you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters, so much more than the body. To show people with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, they're so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? I love you, but I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the song of David, that I fearfully and wonderfully made, but it doesn't make this any easier. And it is cruel. It doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. Trust me. Are you fast? Do you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the Father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me. Or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed.
because the Father in heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. from this earth and you meet your father in heaven where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer your reward will be great so hold on a little longer and when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness and when you do great things in my name in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? Thank you, Master. A man like you, healing others. <laughs> stories when you return. in the video? Was it clear? Did we really get it? No. Can I get a response? Was the message clear? That man, James, was one of the disciples of Jesus. But he appeared a bit imperfect because he had. He was limping. And he was wondering that I cannot be walking with the healer and I'm like this. Then the healer then gave me instruction to go and heal others. In the same way, and then he had to call the attention of the master. He said, Master, are you okay with the way I am? Did you really follow the conversation? Did it make sense to anyone here? Let me ask a question. What lesson can you, did you, can you get out of it? Did you, can you extract from it? Any lesson? Because what you just said there is a disciple of a life of a man that is sold out. Can't follow this master and give excuses for your incompetencies. Our lives are sold out. We don't have a life of our own again since the day we give our life to him. You want to say something, sir? Please shoot. When I watched that video, I was close to tears because it captured the pain in my personal heart that God, I followed you all my life. Is this all you want to make of me? Sir, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Video explains certain things that I'm trying to communicate to God's people. You know, my first audience is always my wife. When God gives me a revelation, I, I try to share it with her. And recently, he has been teaching me that 
you will continue to have questions that will never find answers. Sure. You will never find answers to them. So why you should be a true Christian is that you will continue to serve me irrespective of the questions that you have. True. Every day I have questions. Every day. About the Christian faith, I have questions. About Grace Assembly, I have questions. About the places I work, I have questions. About the life that I live, I have questions. I have questions that I think that God has not yet rewarded me for the sacrifices I've made for the kingdom. When I mean sacrifices I've made for the kingdom, I gave my life to Christ in 1994. So you calculate it, it's 28 years old in the Lord. I have done things that you cannot imagine. I have abandoned all, everything. Went into villages where there was no mobile phone. There was no person to call. Nobody knew where I went to, just to preach the gospel. I have done things that you cannot imagine. So I've even gone to learn French because I wanted to go to another country to do missionary work. I have questions why God has not rewarded me. I have questions about Grace Assembly. Then if you want questions in Grace Assembly, you will find a lot of questions. You have reasons why you say you cannot be. And I want answers. Have I sought answers? Maybe not, because there are some questions. I'm not sure I really want to know the answer. There are some questions I don't want to know the answer. Because if I know the answer, no matter how spiritual I am, I will act in the flesh. And is that what God wants from me? I feel, God, you have hidden this answer away from me. Maybe there's a reason why you don't want me to know. If you ask Pastor Steve, he will tell you I'm a very inquisitive person. I want to know everything. I don't want to be lost. I say I'm not a child. I'm an adult. So I cannot be fooled. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom, I don't have to know. The senior pastor has, you know, given us the privilege to share certain limbs on himself. And on some people you know that have, have big names. One of the persons he mentioned was Adeboye. Um, Adeboye redeemed. And said, do you know what it means that you sit on that position as the father of faith in Nigeria? You know he's like the father of faith in Nigeria. And then you lose your son. You cannot imagine the kind of text messages he received, the kind of things that people told him. That is a limb. And many of us carry that. And you question them. And you question their Christianity. And even you, maybe you carry and you question yourself because you want to find answers. What this video is teaching us is that God trusts us. Yeah. That in spite of it, that he knows we will serve him. Yeah. Unfortunately, many of us are disappointed. But please, I just want this video to encourage us. We do not pray that we remain in this thing. Amen. We don't pray. That with the situation remains like this, we don't pray. But let's not give up on time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Pastor Collins. The disciple's life is a sold-out life. It's a life best described as a dead man that has no feelings, nothing. 
Nothing moves the dead man. No economy moves the dead man. No, no campaign, no politics. Nothing called politics moves. No first casting moves the dead man. No excuse. You are not dealing with God based on negotiation, on what he can give you. You are following him as a disciple because he's your king. That's what Jesus told the fellow. Let me ask a question very quickly. And that will launch us to why we must be a disciple. There is a scripture in the book of Luke 18, verse 8. Jesus was leaving the earth when he said, When I'm coming back to this earth, would I find faith? When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Please, I want to ask a question. What does this question mean? What does it mean? I tell you that it will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? With the deluge of compromise all over the city now, we have two categories of Christians in the church, lukewarm. Do you know what it means to be Luke? Luke one means they can be us and they, they have the capacity to be us. When they are in the unbelieving world, they can behave like unbelievers. When they are in the church, they can behave churchy. They are amphibians in nature. Dual identity. Yes. I've seen people who can separate between religion and relationship with God again. The man is asking a question before he left. When I come back, would I find faith? What he meant by would I find faith is that would there still be righteous voices on earth? And do you know why he's asking the question? He's counting on disciples to create the frontier of expanding the gospel. So the question here is, we are not saying you should be a disciple so that you just want to follow. No! Become the contender of the faith that was given to you. Expand the territory of the faith. Take more lands. If you stayed with me for five minutes and you don't know I am born again, something is wrong somewhere. Five minutes, no matter who you are, five minutes is too much. My name, Stephen Amotayo, I attend Grace Assembly. As a matter of fact, even before I mentioned Grace Assembly, my, my accent would have betrayed me in the course of the conversation. We're not asking you to be a disciple and sit in church. We're asking you to go out there and influence the world. So let me read the scripture that will close this sermon this evening. Luke 14, 24 to 35. I need patient readers. For I said to you that none of those men who invited shall taste my supper. Now, great multitude went with him. Not every follower of Christ is actually a disciple. There are millions that are following Christ, but they are not disciples. Am I correct? They follow Jesus. So they didn't follow another person. Who, so don't assume that because you see someone in church is a follower of Christ or is a disciple. Some people are in church to haunt the innocent sisters. Am I correct here? Church language is easy to learn now. But the disciples among us can stop them. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't move by decision. We move by discernment as a disciple. No. When you, 
The difference between the senior pastor and associate pastor. Let me tell you the difference. The senior pastor is the one ordained with the original power. So it's like, you know there is a cable here in this building where you can charge your phone. Mistakenly, I can touch that cable. Nothing will happen to me. Mistakenly. But there is another cable that brought light from the pole and entered it. They call it eye tension. You cannot mistakenly touch it and come and say good morning. Is it possible? The senior pastor is the high tension cable. High tension cable. While the rest of us are the, where you come and plug your phone. Come and plug your phone. But see, but see, but the Lord will elevate me. I'll become high tension. <laughs> I'm questioning to get to that point where pastors were conducting deliverance in deeper life to cast out devils. And they were sweating. Pastor Kumuyi entered. Listen to what he said. When he entered the place, he told the person possessed, I'm around. And he left. The demon left. He didn't say anything. He just said, I'm around. Archbishop Benson in Dahosa came to visit the Winners Chapel pastor. And the man told him, I'm, I'm busy. And Archbishop drove his car back to Benin. On his way to Benin, they called him on phone that Papa's daughter was gone. And you know what Archbishop did? He said, give the phone to the daughter. The daughter that was gone, give the phone to the daughter. My daughter, get up. You can't be at that realm of life and be ordinary with t-shirts. No. No way. No way. Now, great multitude follow me. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, now this is the requirement of what? Discipleship. If anyone comes to me and does not eat, this is some of the evidence that you have the Spirit of God in you. If you are someone that is captured with fear. Yeah, yeah, what's that? What's that? But the grace of God is available. Listen to this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, list it to father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also. He cannot what? So the question is, is this man asking us to hate them? Pastor, let me answer the question very well. What he's simply saying is, when it comes to choosing between the both of us, choose me first. That is what makes you a disciple. But can I tell you the truth? Some have left God because of their fiancé. Some have left God because of their parents. Some have left God because of their mother. Some have left God because of even pastor. Some, you are not a disciple. Can we go forward? Verse 27 now. And whoever does not bear what? What does his own cross mean? The limp. Every one of us here, we have a limp. Am I correct? Like James. And whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot. Another cannot. Not may not. Cannot be what? My disciple. Number two. Verse 29. For which of you intending now? This is where you start to hear what is the function of a disciple? Before you say yes to number one, 
before you say yes to number two, consider this condition. These are terms and conditions to number one and number two. For if which of you intending to build a tower, which of you intending to sign in as a disciple? That's what he's saying here. Which of you intending to sign in as a disciple does not sit down first and ask himself question that, ah, if my boyfriend says I cannot marry you until you are pregnant. Yes, you know it happens. I will not marry you until you are pregnant. He's saying that sit down and say, ah, think it well, oh. but we have a lot of ladies who are backed down because of this. Or someone is saying, I cannot give you that contract until you add extra millions to it. This scripture is saying, think it well before you sign in as a disciple. Because the life of a disciple is a sold out life. You don't have a say again. What we guide your art is WWWJD. What does that mean? What will Jesus do in this matter? You have been cutting a brother for four years and you have been saying no, no, no. The brother refused to give you ring. On the condition that until and the brother is saying, Shabi, you are a sister and my brother. After all, I will marry you. What do you do? A disciple. Leave everything and come to UK. And God is saying, no, it's not my will for you. Would you, Japa? Because a disciple does not judge God by good and evil. A disciple judge God by will and his thought. What is the will of God? Are you listening, saints of God? You don't relate with God based on good and evil. That this is bad. No, because he can be good and not be godly. What forms your decision as a disciple is knowing the will of God. And when it comes to the will of God, it will not always suit your will. So before you sign in as a disciple, be ready to say, I will give it all. Now, you cannot be a disciple. Listen to this. You have 5,000 naira in your account left. And you enter the church. And you know what the scriptures say concerning giving? Let every man give as he proposed in his heart. That's Galatians. Now, as you enter, God now whispered, give all. You have 5,000 naira left. Would you give all? People have trekked from church to their home because they gave all they had for God. Am I correct? You can't walk this discipleship, discipleship path without being dead in Christ. Because so long you are alive, you will notice what is good and evil. Hmm. Let's go further now. 29. Less after he has laid the foundation. Less after all of you, has, you have agreed to be a disciple. Because as I'm talking, as I say, it's true, I like to be a disciple, I want to be a disciple. Less after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, you will not look like a Christian. Rather than being a Christian, you are an insult and embarrassment to God. If that guy is a Christian, I will never be a Christian in my life. There are people that that's their testimony. If this one can call himself a Christian, ah, then all of us we are Christians. Yeah. By the grace of God, I am into a business where you give money to people. If you introduce yourself as a pastor, it's a red flag. Instantly. I, I move back and I look at you. You know why? Because a lot of pastors, they have bastardized that name. 
This is what happened to them. They jumped into the boat of discipleship. Only when God demanded their Isaac, they said, Oh, you, Isaac, again. no way. I won't give you this Isaac. As I speak to you, God will demand something to test your loyalty as a disciple. Can we move on quickly? Time, God have mercy. Saying, this man began a building. Go to 31, please. 31. Or what now? This is it. This is the benefit of a discipleship. What king? So when you are a disciple, you become a king. And you expand territory. You expand territory. Ideally, if our pastor, our senior pastor, is in the kind of setting of, like, say, redeem, by now it will be a provincial, province pastor. Is it provincial pastor? Mr. Bright, am I correct? Pastor Collins will have been regional. Minister Bright, ah! They would have spread us across board. Yes, but all of us were here. Disciples expand territory. Me, I'm waiting to get to Canada. I'm going to start Grace Assembly. You know, I've been saying it. It's not new to those who have been. Because as a king, he said, what king going to make a war? We defend the gospel with our life. Verse 32. 32, quickly. Or else we leave others stream, blah, blah, blah. You can read it at your own time. I'm, running, I'm out of time completely here. But this is going to be my conclusion of this message. Can I have the second video? Ah. Can you pause it? Now, what led to this video is another price of a sold out, a very successful lawyer, a very successful businessman. He's living all his life to Jesus. Now, please don't mistake that the videos I'm showing is showing you the negative parts of following God. No, that's not how it works. There's a balance to it. By the time I'm reading the closing verse, of my message tonight, you will understand it. But you see, what the video depicts is the sacrifices these people have made in the name of Jesus. That some of us right now, we are very reluctant. If they take away your job right now, you won't come to church again. Some of us will do that. Let us watch the video now. Just learn the lesson, and it's not to suggest anything negative. All right. Jesus. 
Arabs running back, but just shot his wife dead. And once again, the tribal chief told Maxine and told him, I'm giving you the chance to release Jesus on the back. And he sang the final line of the hymn. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. No turning back. The archers pulled out their arrows and killed Maxine. But even after they had died, the chief couldn't understand why they would be willing to die for someone who existed in a faraway place over 2,000 years ago. And that wonder led him to Jesus, eventually the entire village. One family's dedication to Jesus saved the entire village. And that shall be our testimonies. Our lives shall be given for Jesus and lives to be saved. Saints of God, to be a disciple requires a lot of sacrifice from us. You can't behave like every other person. You are sought out, you are separated from them. You can't act like them, you can't compete with them, you can't compare with them. We will follow Jesus because we have made a decision. James, the book of Job chapter 1, the message, the message version. James, Job chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 5. The message version. Job chapter 1, and this is the version of Jesus of God with the eye of a disciple. Job was a man who lived in whose? Number one, he was honest inside and out. This is the definition of disciple from, from the lens of God. He was honest inside and out. A man of what? Of his word who was totally, I like the, the, that adjective, totally devoted to God and hated what? He, with what? Passion. Thank you. He had seven sons and three daughters. Was this man successful? As a disciple, you will be successful. Are you following me? Verse 3. He was also very what? Wealthy. As a disciple, you will be wealthy. 7,000 heads of sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 and huge staff of servants, the most influential man in the east. Let's go on, verse 4. Verse 4. His sons used to take turns. So it was, being a disciple is not a raggy life. It's not a dirty life. It's a fantastic, complete life. According to this description of a disciple by God. But listen to what happened in verse 5. Verse 5. When the parties were over, Job would get up. Job would do what? Get up early in the morning to listen to Holy Ghost inspired prayer by PFP. And a burnt offering for each of what? Each of who? So, a, a, a disciple is a natural intercessor. Are you with me here? So, he gets up, he will call his mother's name, call his father's name, call his children's name, call his uncle's name, call his son's name. Imagine someone who claims to be a disciple and he says he's lazy in prayer. No, you don't have a prayer list. This was Job's prayer list. Every morning, the Bible said. Job made a habit of this what? Did you see the word habit there? He made a habit out of this. You can't be doing this every morning and not be on fire in your spirit. You wake up and the first thing you pick is your phone. Ah! Verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6. One day. One day. Just one day. When the angels came to report to God, Satan, 
who was designated accuser, what a responsibility, came along with what? With them. Up, up seven, quickly. God singled out Satan and said, what have you been up to? Satan answered, God, going here and there, checking things out on earth. And he's currently doing it. <laughs> oh my God. It's a risk not to be a disciple. A big risk. Verse 8. God said to Satan, who is a disciple in this room right now? Can I use you as an example? Anybody else is there? Pastor Collins. So this is what God said to your behalf. How many of us can God boast on our behalf? And God said to Satan, have you noticed, what did he call him? Ah, oh, Jesus. I love this Jesus. Imagine God called me his friend. I mean, my life is in short forever. But it didn't come cheap. That compliment is not coming cheap. Have you noticed my friend, Collins? Collins, would you like to get his compliment? He said, there is no one like him. He's honest, true to his word, totally devoted to me and eating evil. Listen to the comments of devil. Can I hear him say? <laughs> you know what retorted me? Do you know what the meaning of retortion? You know what he did? <laughs> God, woman, turn right. God, you are deceiving yourself. You know, God, you have a way of fooling yourself with these human beings. You trust them so much. He said, do you think Job does all that out of the sheer goodness of his heart? Verse 9, verse 10. Why, why? No one ever had it so good. You pamper him. You know the song, Jesus, you are pampering me. This, this devil is a bad devil, though. He said you pamper him like a pet. But is it true? The man paid his dues with devotion, with good hearts. The devil did not see all those things he did. He said you pamper him like a pet. You make sure nothing bad happens to him and his family or his possession. Bless everything he does. He can't lose. Huh? Imagine what the devil is saying on your behalf right now as we are speaking. And verse 11, I close on that. But what do you think would happen if you, if you what? If you reach down and do what? I rest my case. The devil every day is trying to reach down to take everything for you to do only one thing. Cause God and die. Would you do that? Uh, MD, can you give me that song? The song, the, the one that came, the one that that man composed. You know the song? I have decided. I have decided. It's a decision we've made tonight. To follow We're not turning Jesus. back. We're not going back. God is I all we have. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus. Oh yes. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet this evening, disciples of Jesus. We are sold out to him. Nothing has power to discourage you. Nothing has power to take away your joy. You won't lose your salvation. You can't backslide. Minister Momo, if you backslide, where do you want to go? Unbelievers have forgotten about you. If you go back and meet the unbelievers now, they will deal with you. You better follow Jesus to the very end. Carry your... Uh, I am mean, I correct, Mr. Momo? If you go back now and go to Biapalo, you say, eh? Mr. Momo, can you still drink beer? No way. I will follow Jesus to the very end.
I will follow him to the very end. No turning back. Jesus is capable of taking care of us like he did to you. Father, we thank you for this evening. Our life is sold out to you. Our children's life, they are sold out to you. Our family is sold out to you. Hold us with your hand of grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Help us to finish this race gallantly, triumphantly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.